Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Soul's Work Podcast, the show where we talk about exploring our spiritual journeys and uncovering our authentic selves. I'm your host, Janice Ho, and we are going to start off each episode with an intention, which is to enter this shared space from a place of honesty and to listen to the voice of fear when it arises, but ultimately move past it in order to do our soul's work. Hey, soul friends, how y'all doing today? (laughs) So I want to actually right off the bat, give you the breakdown of how today's conversation is going to go. But then I want to just take a couple of minutes to really say hi to you before diving into today's topic, because it's been a while since I've been here. Okay, so today's topic is on spiritual bypassing. And if you've never heard of this term before, have no fear, I'm going to first talk about the thing, the thing that triggered this deep dive into the topic of spiritual bypassing for me. And in that little story, I will explain what spiritual bypassing means. Then I'm going to talk about why I believe the whole feel good vibe high teaching that is very prevalent in the spiritual self-development space. Firstly, misses the boat on the complexity of people's lives and their challenges in life. And secondly, how it can actually be really harmful in inadvertently shaming people. Okay, so before we get into all of that, I know it has been a while since I've been on the mic. I actually tried recording this episode a couple times previously and for various reasons just wasn't feeling quite right about what came out. But I do want to just get this said and out there. I'm ready to do that. But I also think I'm glad that I waited because even though it has absolutely been my goal to release a new episode each week, uh, more importantly, I want everything I put out there to be 100% genuine. And with me completely feeling that I can stand by my content and be really proud of what I'm sharing with you all. Also in the last few weeks, uh, maybe it's been three weeks now, while I haven't put out a new episode, I've really been in a lot of deep thought about a lot of things related to spirituality and self-development. One of those things is today's topic of conversation. Another is sort of related, and that is on the topic of shadow work. I won't dive too deeply into all of that yet, but I've been learning a bit more about the effects of trauma, core wounds like the abandonment wound, the worthiness wound, and that exploration has been insightful, validating, and at times also sad and heavy, understandably. And so I've been needing to take some time hibernating in my cave to do the work rather than share about the work, if you know what I mean. Um, And also, let me just add that y'all, running a podcast is a lot of work. It's a one-woman show over here. Um, You know, I'm doing everything from the research to content creation, recording, editing, social media stuff, writing up show notes, all of that Oh, is like you know, almost a full-time job. And I would love to do this as my job. But right now, this is my labor of love. And it is still absolutely 100% worth it for me. But sometimes when you got to do the paid work, the passion work can take a bit of a backseat. Anyhow, all of this to say that I am really happy to be back here chatting with you today. I am going to be back in Toronto visiting next week. So I will likely not have a new episode dropping then. But I hope you really do get something out of today's discussion. 
I love hearing people's feedback on what they're getting out of these episodes. I have so much gratitude for everyone who has reached out to me to share about their own experiences. And, you know, if something resonates with you while you're listening to this podcast, please let me know if you would like to share. You can always give me a shout at janice.sj.ho at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Okay, are you ready? (laughs) Spiritual bypassing. This is a deeply important topic for me. I keep hearing more conversations about it within the spiritual space, which is great. It needs to be talked about. You might hear me get fired up today. (laughs) Impassioned. I may get impassioned. (laughs) Fair warning. And this topic of spiritual bypassing is one aspect of a much larger conversation on what I call spiritual privilege and issues around the lack of true diversity, inclusion, and comprehensiveness in both the messaging and representation of people in the spiritual space. But this episode would go on for hours if I got into all of it. So I will return to this broader topic of spiritual privilege, in air quotes, in a future episode. For now, spiritual bypassing. So something triggered me a few weeks back and ultimately compelled me to speak on this topic of spiritual bypassing. And the thing that happened was that I bought a book Uh, a few weeks ago by, I would say, a relatively well-known leader in the spiritual self-development space. She has like tens of thousands of followers on her social media. And I was really excited to read this book because I felt like I had gained some great insights from this person from podcast interviews I've heard her do previously on specific topics. And this book was supposed to be all about living a really meaningful, fulfilling life, self-improvement, leadership, all that good stuff, right? But as I dove into this book, I found myself feeling a really deep sense of disappointment that grew page after page because of the very central teaching that was being promoted in this book. And that teaching was that our job, our purpose in life is to raise our vibration, to be in alignment, which I'm fine with as an idea personally, but to achieve that, what we all need to do is to feel good. And she talks about how the more we feel good and do things that make us feel good, and the more we send out those positive vibes, the more and faster we're going to receive whatever it is that we want and are wishing for back from the universe. And furthermore, that we basically need to stop complaining and taking things for granted and remember how privileged we are to live in a free country and to be able to do what ever we want to create whatever we want to create and it went on for pages and pages and pages like this this my friends is called spiritual bypassing so for those of you who haven't heard this term spiritual bypassing before it is defined as a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues psychological wounds and unfinished developmental tasks. That's from Wikipedia, and they're quoting Fasella and Wellwood. And some of these spiritual ideas and practices that people use in spiritual bypassing, not necessarily to intentionally engage in spiritual bypassing, but that can be the effect regardless, include things like saying, your reality manifests from the thoughts that you have and the feelings that you feel. So therefore, think positive and feel good, because then that will become your reality. 
it's this whole law of attraction kind of philosophy where you're told if you just put out love and positivity into the universe, the universe will answer in kind and you will receive all the good things that you want back. And if you don't do that, if you lower your energetic vibration by thinking negative thoughts and feeling negative vibes instead, then that is what you will receive back from the world. So Lisa Renee Hall lists some common phrases that we often hear in the spiritual space that are actually these spiritual bypass triggers. It's in her blog post, Expressive Writing Prompts to Use If You've Been Accused of White Fragility, Spiritual Bypass, or White Privilege. You can read that for more examples of what spiritual bypassing can look like. And I don't want to dive too deeply into the whole race issue today that conversations on spiritual bypassing are often contextualized within. But more broadly, spiritual bypassing is quite connected to privilege in general. And I will talk more about that in this episode. So I want to pause right here to make a big disclaimer, an important point of clarification. So please, please do hear me on this. I absolutely know that there are some people who say that this kind of law of attraction, think positive approach has been helpful for them. And I am certainly not doubting people's personal experiences of that. I believe that if someone says it's helpful for them, then it's helpful for them, period. So I want to make it clear, very clear, that I am not saying that positive thinking strategies are never useful. I mean, I've talked about a few on this podcast myself, like doing a daily gratitude reflection, for example. My guest Phil in episode eight talked about using stoicism strategies to let go of the trivial stuff that don't really matter, to change his mindset on those things when he's getting into that negative mood or complaining. So again, I'm not saying that positive thinking strategies are not useful or valid. In fact, I think it's very necessary to have a few of those strategies in our spiritual toolbox, so to speak. However, what I'm talking about here in terms of spiritual bypassing is when this kind of feel-good, vibe-high teaching is put out there by spiritual leaders as the thing, the main thing, sometimes the only thing that people need to be doing to find fulfillment in their lives, to grow spiritually, and to contribute even to the oneness of the universe, as this book does. And at the same time, this is really important, totally neglect to talk about the other not-so-feel-good aspects of spiritual work that often do involve going into some darker places, but that for a lot of people are actually part of what's required for them to experience a fuller sense of alignment and wholeness in their lives. You know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I've been exploring some shadow work recently, and I have no doubt in my mind zero doubt that this is something I need to do to address a lot of really deep-rooted issues from the past that continue to get triggered in my everyday life now, no matter how much self-development work I've done over the years to get to a better, quote-unquote better, place in my life and in my mind. No amount of positive mantras are going to make that shit go away. And having spoken with a few people lately about this, I know I'm not the only one. Like, maybe you can even think of that recurring issue that continuously pops up in your life over and over again, no matter how much you just try to be positive about it or push it away or try to accept that, well, that's just life. You know, for me personally, and each person has to make up their own mind about this, but I have come to the conclusion that I've got to take a different approach with my recurring issues and the one I've been taking all this time because... (laughs) 
Y'all, it ain't working. <laughs> I have to actually take a hard look at that issue, explore it, work on it in order to experience that greater alignment within myself. And the whole just feel good philosophy doesn't take this kind of work into consideration. In addition, I also want to point out that a lot of these spiritual leaders who talk about this sort of law of attraction, abundance mindset, Talk about it not just within the context of developing a more enlightened inner self, but also within the context of creating that ideal external life that we all want. And that includes things like having our ideal career or work life. You know, maybe we want to travel the world. Maybe we want to start our own business. But this kind of feel good and you'll receive good, think it and you shall receive it approach honestly feels like a slap in the face to people who absolutely want to be able to shape their lives in whatever way they desire and dream of, but who also have enormous financial barriers for one, who may face discrimination in the workplace or in business due to their race or gender, for example, people who have mental health issues to work through. Like there's so many other factors that impact and often pose great obstacles on our pathway to quote unquote success and the life that we want that extend far beyond just whether we're thinking positively enough or not. And so this is what I thought about when I was reading this book. I thought about the me 10 to 15 years ago and the life situation I was in at that time, navigating a whole lot of complicated shit. <laughs> and if you recall, in episode one, I shared some of my story about that particular time in my life. I said it felt like I was in the bottom of a deep, dark hole. And I want to take a minute to talk about the oftentimes very complex life situations that people are trying to find their way through. Even back at that time, even though I hadn't really started intentionally exploring spirituality, I was always in self-improvement mode, always trying to figure out how I could be better as a person, as well as to find a way to have more peace in my life and in my mind. But I was living in a pretty challenging situation and there were a lot of complex factors that led me into and kept me inside of that hole I felt I was in and unable to live the kind of life and experience that kind of happiness that I wanted. Everything from my poor financial situation, mental health issues, alcohol dependency, being in a very emotionally and verbally abusive relationship at one point, moving around constantly. I moved something like 11 times in 10 years, including several couch surfing stints I did at various friends and families. And that physical instability also affected what was going on mentally as well. You know, I lived in some really shitty places where I never felt like I was in a real home that I could feel at peace and sometimes even safe or healthy in. My physical health suffered constantly because I was totally overworked and stressed all the time. And there was so much more to the story, but I feel like that should be enough to give you a sense of how during those years, when I was down, when I was cycling in deeply negative thoughts, when I was angry, sad, there was a very complicated life situation happening behind all of that negativity. So if I had picked up this book then, looking for some guidance on how I could live a more fulfilling life, as the book suggests it will give, and as I certainly need it at that time, and then read all of this stuff about how I just needed to feel good all the time, stop complaining about whatever shittiness I'm feeling, stop those sucky thoughts in my head, remember how privileged I am to have what I have, then I'm going to receive the things that I want in my life if I just change my mindset. I feel like either one of two things would have happened. One thing that may have happened was that I would have been like, 
fuck you. <laughs> like straight up, fuck you. I may have thought, it sounds like you have no fucking clue what it's like to live my life and to experience the kind of barriers I've had thrown up against me. And if you think that my life isn't better and more fulfilling because I just haven't been thinking positively enough, if you think I'm not amassing more wealth and success in my life because I'm just not thinking enough abundance in my head, you are clearly speaking from a position of privilege. I may have known that I needed more than just a prayer and a smile on my face to overcome these obstacles and achieve the things that I wanted in my life. Like, y'all, I needed therapy, for one, which I was only able to access, by the way, once I got a job that had benefits, because therapy is freaking expensive. I needed more money, period, so that I could afford to live in a better, safer place, so that I could afford to eat healthier foods, so I wasn't getting sick all the time, low on energy, and could have the strength to work as much as I had to, so that I could afford to have more time to take care of myself physically and mentally have the time to explore other interests and learn about new things that maybe I wanted to pursue as more fulfilling work. In addition to money though, and in order to even get the kind of good job I wanted, I also needed to increase my human capital and social capital. Those things greatly influence success. You ever hear the phrase, it's not what you know, but who you know? Social capital, y'all. Success in this world that we live in is not just about learning something in school and working your ass off. It is also about the resources and connections that you have through your networks, whether personal or professional. It's about knowing the right people, quote unquote, right people, and having the know-how to navigate these complex social systems and interactions. And guess what? A lot of people who don't grow up privileged don't have ready access to a lot of social capital and human capital. And I definitely did not. I didn't even understand the importance of it until I was way older because I had never learned about those things growing up. And I'm going to link to chapter one of the book, Achieving Success Through Social Capital by Wayne E. Baker, which gives a good overview of why this prevalent assumption in our society that what it takes to be successful in career and life goals is largely an individual matter, that it's about us being masters of our own fates, it's about self-reliance, self-determination, individual achievement, is not at all a comprehensive understanding of how shit really works in this world. Now, I'm not here today to give you a sociology 101 lecture. My point in diving a bit deeper into this discussion about social barriers is just to place this idea of think it and it will come within the context of the real world that we live in. And if we're just talking broadly here, there are some groups of people for whom it will be easier to think about achieving a certain outcome in their lives and then actually attaining that outcome. And yes... A lot of this does come back to privilege and which groups of people hold that privilege in our society because let's call it like it is. There is no fucking level playing field that every single person within a democratic society gets to stand on. This book targets like an entire generation of people who live in a quote-unquote free country and repeatedly reminds us of how privileged we are to live where we do, to have the opportunities we have, that we can create whatever it is that we desire because of that, as though there are no differences or nuances within, let's just say Canada or within the U.S. in terms of privilege and opportunities. I mean, it's 2018. How? How Just how. And the reason I get so emotional about this issue 
is because I think about the life I get to live now, which of course still has its challenges, but is much more privileged than it used to be. But I think about that in comparison to my life back then and how much potential I clearly have and always had that there is evidence of now, but how little of that I knew and could realize back then because of all those barriers I faced, as well as the internalized oppression and very low sense of self-worth that comes along with that. And then I think about all the people in the world or even just within my own country going through that same shit right now, not because they don't have the potential as well to have a better life, not because they don't want it just as bad as everyone else, not because they aren't actively working hard to get to a better place in their lives, not because they don't try to think positive to get through all the negativity that they feel, but because straight up, not everyone is privileged enough to have it easier in life. So I want to read a journal entry that I wrote around 10 years ago. I found this recently that just seems to illustrate all of this. So this was from November 2007. Another day, picking myself up, finally broke down yesterday after weeks, months of feeling this way, day after day of telling myself to be strong, that I could get through this, that I have to get through this, but every day getting harder and harder. If it was just worrying about schoolwork, I mean, if all I had to worry about was studying, I'd be in fucking heaven. Even though I put so much pressure on myself to do well, it's not just all about that. It's everything else that makes my goals such a struggle sometimes. Everything else that makes me feel as though I'm destined to stay at the bottom, fated to go nowhere. All I've known is struggle. All my parents have known a struggle, even though they worked so hard. Sometimes people just fall into bad luck. The forces are against them. It's so easy to say, you work hard, you reap the rewards. Sometimes you need something more. Connections, money, luck, whatever. I tell myself that one day I'll be looking back and this will just be another bump in the road. After every bad moment, I automatically ask myself, what good came out of it? It's like a knee-jerk reaction. It's what I have to do because if I don't, I'll never make it out in one piece. But you get tired after a while. You get tired of keeping up your optimism when all you want to do is sit there and cry. And then you tell yourself, you can't cry because crying makes you tired and you need your energy to study for the rest of the night. You want the world to stop for a moment so that you're not faced with all the stress, the bills, fears, helplessness, tiredness, and then you realize the world's not stopping. It's not going to give you a break. No time to breathe and get your shit together. Gotta keep going. You give up and then you won't make it anywhere and then you're stuck feeling this shitty existence for the rest of your life. I feel like grad school is my only ticket out of living paycheck to paycheck. For once in my life, I finally have a goal, a direction, and it means everything for me to get there. But shit, everything seems to be working against me these past few months. Nothing's making it easy, and I don't expect it to be easy. But sometimes, I wish it didn't have to be this hard. So that's the end of my journal entry. I want to thank you for listening. And I know that I've said a lot so far. So I want to just take a pause and regroup, recap. So number one, my issue with the just feel good, think abundance and you shall receive goodness and abundance teaching, however well-intentioned. 
misses the boat on the complex kinds of situations that a lot of people have to navigate in trying to create a better life for themselves because of the complexity of the world that we live in. And that includes living in complex power dynamics, social inequalities, and so on. Number two, I am again not saying that spiritual and self-development ideas and practices that are more on the positive thinking end are not helpful for people. I think it's actually very helpful to have positive thinking strategies in your toolbox, whichever ones work for you, so that in certain situations, when you feel that that would be the most helpful way to go, you can pull it out of your toolbox and use it. But this toolbox analogy is kind of my point. The more knowledge and tools that we have in our toolbox, the better I feel we can equip ourselves to respond to and work through the various challenges that come up in our lives. And not every challenge is going to be solvable by just thinking positively or doing feel-good things that will make our shitty mood or negativity go away. You know, maybe in the short term, it will sometimes. But as I said before, you know, think about it for yourself even. If there are certain issues that seem to pop up again and again over time, that no matter how much you work on that positivity, keep recurring because working through those things actually requires a different approach. And when it comes to things like doing shadow work, as I mentioned, I've only been able to come to knowing about this tool or this approach because there are thankfully certain spiritual leaders out there who talk about this aspect of spiritual work and self-development. You know, these leaders put that information out there because they know that so many people have things like abandonment issues and deep worthiness wounds, trauma, and that despite how much these things can impact our lives, that it can be actually really hard to identify sometimes and challenging to work through, of course. But to me, knowledge is power because now I have a starting point. Now I have just a bit more insight into why I'm still having certain self-limiting beliefs and worthiness issues that won't go away with just positive mantras. And now I know that there's support and resources out there for me if I want to look at that further. And right now, that is something that I want to do. But if a spiritual leader is essentially limiting people's toolboxes by saying, this is the one solution to your life problems. You just need to change your mindset into a more positive one and you will start seeing all of the things that you've been wanting appear into your life. I feel like that is actually disempowering people. It is like you're withholding other tools or even just the knowledge that there are other tools out there from people who might really benefit from them. Now, I also think that people can end up feeling disempowered by this approach because it has the ability of actually shaming people. And as I said before, there's one of two reactions that I could have had to this book if the me 10 to 15 years ago had read it. So one, I would have been very critically aware of the lens of privilege that this kind of teaching was coming through and decided this is not for me and my life. But I could have also had a second reaction. And I recognize in hindsight that I did actually internalize this way of thinking to some degree, even though I had knowledge about things like oppression and social inequality due to my education and work in the fields of sociology and criminology, as well as my own personal experience. And I think this also happens to a lot of people when they get into the self-development and spiritual space and are kind of bombarded with these feel-good, high-vibe messages. 
So what happened was that I started to develop this belief that I was failing at being a spiritual person because, God, I just couldn't seem to consistently stay positive. I couldn't seem to stop coming back to these feelings of sadness and anger that I had and sometimes still have deep inside me. I just couldn't seem to focus all the time on the things that I was so fortunate to have in my life. And what is the conclusion of all of that? That I must be such an ungrateful, unenlightened person. And this is how a lot of people end up feeling. There is this sense of shame and failure at a conscious or subconscious level when we can't seem to meet this completely unreachable standard of being this zen, unconditionally loving beacon of light, when we can't seem to manifest as our reality what our mind wants. And our sense of failing just adds on to the pile of shame and self-worth issues that most of us already have, but that this feel-good philosophy doesn't enable us to work through and heal because it's just not comprehensive enough to do that. And what I really want you to know, if you've been exploring your own spiritual path, working on your self-development, and you ever get this feeling like you are somehow failing at being a quote-unquote good spiritual person, that somehow you just can't seem to achieve a certain level of enlightenment and self-improvement that you think you should be attaining, perhaps because that's what you see portrayed out there in the spiritual and self-development space, I want you to know that that is just a fallacy. And yes, I'm sure many of us can look back at our histories and pick two points in time and say, I'm much more aligned with my authentic self now than I was 10 years ago. I'm much more at peace in my mind now than I was back at that really rough period in my life. I mean, I know I definitely can, but spiritual and self-development, that is ongoing. There is no end point. It's going to continue until the day we die. <laughs> and it also doesn't look like butterflies and roses every day. I mean, sometimes it does truly feel incredible. There are days where I have felt so much immense joy and this almost surreal sense of peace in truly being present. You know, whatever we think of when we think enlightenment, yeah, that can absolutely be part of our experience on this journey. But also... Our spiritual growth, our self-development journey can be super fucking messy. It can feel incredibly challenging sometimes. Nothing is perfect in life. It never will be. And going back to that famous quote, we are spiritual beings having a human experience as opposed to being human beings having a spiritual experience. I'm sure I messed that up a little bit, but <laughs> we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And this human world that we live in and have to navigate through as spiritual beings is so fucking imperfect. It's so complicated and challenging and unpredictable and frustrating as hell sometimes. And that is not our fault, okay? It's not our fault. And so let's be a little more gentle with ourselves. Have compassion for all the ups and downs we go through in life, including with our spiritual and self-development journeys that are always happening within the context of this crazy ass world. That is a reminder both to you, my dear listener, and definitely to myself, okay? So I really want to see spiritual leaders out there stepping it up, 
I honestly feel like in 2018, there really is no excuse for people to not be more educated about social inequalities and social justice issues, about privilege and oppression, especially if you're going to call yourself a spiritual leader and write books about changing the world. And some leaders may not feel comfortable doing the deep dive on some of these topics. You know, maybe they'll, they will say, well, I'm not qualified to talk about this, but I think you can learn enough about it to acknowledge it in your work. Because again, when you blatantly leave that out in your overall teachings, and even worse, give this sort of blanket statement on negative feelings as something that's to be avoided, it sends the message to your audience that it is not important to talk about that perhaps darker not-so-feel-good stuff, that it's not part of one's spiritual development towards greater fulfillment, towards greater alignment, which is what most spiritual leaders say they're going to help you achieve, right? And maybe as a leader, you think it's going to be depressing and turn off your audience. But when I'm listening to, say, Thais Sky talking about grief and sadness and working through shame and core wounds, I ultimately feel, honestly, relief. I feel validation. I feel just a bit more empowered. I feel understood. Why? Because she's talking about reality, the reality that I experience, that we all experience. And it's comforting to know that I'm not going fucking crazy feeling like I'm the only one going through it. And importantly, that there are ways to work through those things too. And the more that spiritual leaders have had the courage to talk about things like privilege and oppression, I know it's a really difficult topic sometimes to get into and to listen to about and learn, but the more that I've understood about my own internalized oppression and how it's influenced so much of my thinking and behaviors, the more empowered I actually feel. You know, identifying it and understanding it means I can do something about it. Okay, last but absolutely not least, to everyone who is learning in this space, and I mean leaders are still learning too, they should be, anyways, <laughs> my opinion, uh, my encouragement to you is to keep learning, to keep exploring different perspectives within this spiritual and self-development realm, to see what resonates with you. You know, ask questions. If something seems off, if a leader is really pushing a particular teaching and saying this is what you should do and something about it doesn't seem quite right for you, pull out that critical thinking cap and ask yourself why that might be. At the end of the day, I truly believe that every single person knows what is best for themselves. Nobody else can decide that for you. You already have all the answers for how you want to be living your best life. It's like I said in episode one, your authentic self, the one we often think we have to find or that we will achieve one day down the road, it's already there. It's just oftentimes covered up in layers of stuff that we have to work on peeling off. And people in the spiritual and self-development spaces can absolutely help us in that uncovering process by giving us different things to think about by passing on certain information, strategies, or tools that we might have never known about, but that we may find helpful for our own situation. And sometimes, you know what, they're going to get really passionate and loud about what they feel works because, you know, maybe it's worked for them. Maybe they've seen it work for other people. Maybe they've seen it work for a whole lot of other people. But you know what, if I can just leave you with one thing in terms of what works for you, for you and your life in your own complex individual situation only you can decide that so please remember that 
learn more about tapping into your own intuition, practice listening to your own honest voice, and trust in yourself. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly hope that you got something out of this episode. I know I said a lot. I know it was like a bit more of a heavier topic to think about, but you know, I think it's really important sometimes to just take a pause from all of this self-development work and spiritual work that we're doing and to kind of look a bit more critically about that, not just about the actual content that we are absorbing and taking in and the things that we're trying to practice, but just at that bigger picture of are these things that we're doing for ourselves, are these teachings that we're taking in actually the right things for us? So I want to just leave you with that to think on a bit more. And again, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or any of your own personal experiences, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at janice.sj.ho at gmail.com. Also, you can find all of the episodes for the Souls Work Podcast, show notes, including links to any resources I mentioned during the episode at thesoulsworkpodcast.com. We are on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, FM Player, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please do rate and review if you're enjoying this podcast so that others can join our soul community here as well. You can visit me at JaniceHoCreative.com where my blog and some of my music lives. You can follow my Facebook page at JaniceHoCreative, Instagram at JaniceHoImages, and Twitter at JaniceHoTweets. Thanks again. Have a great rest of the week. Lots of love and self-love. And see you again on the next episode of the Soul's Work Podcast.